Edgar, what the world you doing, man? <laughs> Chad, if you we're were, live on the air, by the way. Chad, if you were to have a child, what would you name it? Von Hilda. Von Hilda. Yeah. All right, boy I, or girl. I was no, just that'd just be a female child. All this talk lately, I just wondered what he was going to name his future child. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talk going around. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk. Seems like us rights are stuck having female children. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, you <laughs> only like training females, you say. So. <laughs> I would rather train females. What about you, Edgar? Would you rather train? I mean, do you have a preference? No, I don't have a preference, but females listen better, it seems like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they do. They're also <laughs> generally tougher. <laughs> <laughs> generally it does seem that way um welcome back to the three of seven podcast everyone i was trying to find a scripture that i wanted to share with you guys but uh I, as as you know my counterparts Ill here on prepared. the podcast they they can't carry a conversation in a it's like trying to tote something around in a wet paper sack well we to could get them to carry like, a well, conversation. well heck i asked him a question and you you didn't really respond at length, you know, you just said Von Hilda, some stupid name, and then and then just quit talking. Von Hilda's a German name. We could carry on a conversation, but as soon as you found that scripture, you'd say, all right, listen, listen here, I got this scripture, and just shut it down, so ain't no sense. I think I'd name a kid um, John. And John then, Hilda? No, John. And then when they asked him, is it J-O-H-N or J-O-N, I'd be like, well, it's actually spelled B-O-B. But his name is John, but it's spelled B-O-B. So you mean Bob? No, John. Well, the B-O-B is silent. Yeah, the B-O-B is silent. <laughs> you can do that these days. <laughs> I would name him John. Yeah. Spell it B-O-B. Yeah, you can create whatever reality you want to create. <laughs> Nobody can argue with it. Well, what's wrong with that? I can spell it however I want. Name John, though. I like that. I could see you doing that. I'm wondering if you're going to leave that coffee cup over here to mold for about two months. Oh, I'm sure I will, yeah. Leave just enough in there for it to mold. Uh, are you back drinking coffee, Blake? Yeah. Yeah, I drank some. <sighs> good, good. Are you a coffee drinker, Edgar? Oh, yeah. Yep. How do you make your coffee? Well, I like a little uh, a little cream, a little sugar. How do you brew it? Man? No, how do you brew it? And the, the, the dang Mr. Coffee, man, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a coffee Good hipster. <laughs> gosh, man. Yeah, I just use your standard yeah, drip machine. He's got there. he's got red blood. <laughs> he's not some alien like y'all with all these contraptions. He's a That's normal sad. American. Now look, fellas. Weirdo. <laughs> look, fellas, we're going to talk about training today. Uh, the first thing I want to do, though, is debrief this Team PT this morning. Oh, man. Because, <laughs> I, I mean... I'm trying to figure out what happened because we did this PT and uh, you guys, Edgar, Blake, y'all couldn't even eat breakfast. I what the crap, man? I y'all know you got to put fuel in, back in the tank, right? I Do you not see me? You sat right next to me. Man, alive. We ain't recapped a Team PT in ages. When, when Chili... <laughs> this when, is, this when, is going perfect. When Chili came by me on... Uh, on his first trip back down the mountain, he said, huh, you better look out for your partner up there, son. He's dying. 
I said, I think Blake's sick. And I, I, I was wondering what was going on. But what what was going on with you this morning, Blake? Because you were, you know, a few weeks ago, you were doing real well. And it seems like you're back to square one, man. But, well, I had coronavirus backed up by strep throat. That's sick for two dang weeks. Coronavirus is still real? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, man. I, you know, I mean, good gosh, I need nothing but four bowls of chicken noodle soup for two weeks. Lost 15 pounds. Here's the only second workout I've done. Well, I would have figured you'd been able to run better. Well. <laughs> what, and what was your poor performance on the swim, too? I mean, you've been getting all I these. I came I, in second place in swimming. been getting all these highfalutin swimming lessons and crap, <laughs> and I thought, well, surely to God you're going to be able to beat me on the swim after getting all these lessons with these professional swimmers and stuff and well you kept freaking running into me so i just stopped and i said well just i guess i'll just let him go he just did you see him there at the beginning he does it every time i think he did it on purpose just kept running into me beating me does with it every his hands time. and when we did the pst can't even swim straight when we did the pst i did the 20 minute swim you know that K, it took me like 28 minutes. I swear, four to five minutes was because of him running into me the whole time. He in can't that even, pool? Yeah. Dude, I had to stop over and over and over again. He can't even swim in a lane. So, look, y'all dummies. Uh, no wonder look. you No wonder you win. Everyone just says, what is this idiot doing? Keep I'm just going to stop. I want y'all to imagine. Look, I want you to imagine you're lined up on the beach. With 300 men, all right? And you got to do a two-mile ocean swim. And all 300 men start at the same time. And y'all think it's bad? Y'all are over here complaining about little old me running into you? Well, we're not I, I, doing three-mile ocean swims. Well, I mean, I'm saying like we're doing when, when we have all this room, why are you crossing over onto other people? When you have the room. Yeah, there ain't 300 people out there. There's four. I wouldn't complain when there was 300. I would complain when there's four and you still find a way to do it. I'm trying to prepare you guys. I'm trying to get you guys mentally, right? I'm trying to prepare you guys (laughs) in case you ever have to do a legit ocean swim in a triathlon or whatever, you know. I mean, I'm trying to get you ready. Well, if we ever right. sign up for one, then you can start preparing us. But till then, just learn to swim straight. Everything that I do is for you guys. All right? You know what's sad? No, it's like that Conway Twitty song. <laughs> Everything I do is because of you to keep you oh, safe man. with me. Gosh. Is this the first on the podcast? <laughs> That's my job, you, know you see. That you know, sounded so much like Conway. I bet <laughs> this went on YouTube and get demonetized. What is, what is sad is there's people listening to this that believe that. Yeah. They believe, oh, he really does. Everything he does is that calculated. It is. Yeah, well. That shot you fired off over the top of the target. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I've also, got a, I've also got a magic pill to sell you because you're dang gullible if you believe that. Yeah. Look, Blake said earlier today, and I, I took terrible offense to it. He said, oh, Chad, he don't do nothing no more. Okay. Well, when did I say that? You said that back at the house. Oh, that's a- true about me. A- everything that I do is to develop you guys. That's what I do every day. Every time I call you, every word I tell you, everything everything we do for PT, everything is to develop you guys. All right? So 
when you think I'm not doing nothing, you don't understand. I'm making you stronger every day. That's just like chili. Chili spent the last two years just in a like a just like a just a sad sack, and I have brought him out of that to the point now that he's nearly tuned up enough to break some world records, man. I told you he would. It took me two years to do it, but calculated every word I said to him, every interaction we had was building Delayed him up. Delayed about a year without him even knowing that I was doing it. I, I read this quote earlier on the. Uh, Instagram, it said, when I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more Christ-like, it, re- it resolves a great deal of anxiety. So we can just re- mend that quote and say, when I understand that everything happening to me from uh, Chad is meant to make me better, then resolves a lot of anxiety. So now we can just know that when he does these foolish things and we think, man, what is this idiot doing? We say, oh, that's to make us better. <laughs> that's, and then we can just not worry about him being foolish if we know that he's he's perfectly sane. He's just trying to make us better. Well, we called it over breakfast. We, we You and me looked at each other and said, he's going to... Because he, he kept saying, oh, you're strong, Chili. I don't know why he keeps saying that, but... Oh, you're strong. Man. All I knew what he was... he was He's just setting it up so he can take credit for something that I don't even know what he's taking credit for. Typical. Other people will believe that as well. It's the same people who believe everything what? you do is calculated. That's all right. What happened on them sit-ups? Man, that was a sad effort. Was that, cal- was that 71 sit-ups? Was that calculated That's sad. too? I think that was calculated, getting about 49 sit-ups. That was calculated. I did 71 sit-ups and, and uh, how many push-ups I do, Edgar? 60? 60, yeah. In two minutes, yeah. Talking a lot of crap to only be doing 71 <laughs> sit-ups. So, yeah, look, the, the fact that you effort. guys beat me at something is... That, that means I'm doing my job, all right? Y'all don't understand. My whole mission in life is to make people that matter better, all right? Blake you, got and you. you guys matter to me, <clears throat> all three of you guys, all right? So my mission in life is to make y'all better. So That's, that's Paul Wilder's mission statement, lead people who matter to do things that matter. That's right. Mine's a little different. Mine's... It's about the same. Well, it's different. You ain't right? got a mission statement. Remember, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Um, I, ain't got, I ain't even got one. <laughs> okay, so we hadn't even told y'all what T- Team PT was this morning. It was a 500-meter open water swim. It was a – we and then we ran from there, and we did two trips up the mountain, so about six total miles of running. And then Max – push-ups in two minutes max sit-ups in two minutes so it was kind of a modified pst uh edgar said something the other day at the range that has really stuck with me and i and I, i'll probably use this the rest of my life edgar if you if you don't mind you summed it up very well because we at 307 project we are all about having standards and you said at the range, you asked a question. You said, what's the difference between am- amateurs and professionals? And what's the difference, Edgar? Well, I'm not taking credit for that. Paul Howe said that. And Paul Howe, if you don't know who that is, he was one of the Delta operators in Mogadishu, Mile, uh, Somalia, 1993. <clears throat> anyway, the difference between professionals and, and, and amateurs is professionals have standards. Yes, sir. So 
if you're out training, you're out doing things, whatever it is you're passionate about doing, you're not holding yourself to a standard, especially when it comes to gunfighting and, and that kind of thing. It's just a hobby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that summed it up yep. very well. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, it challenged it challenged me in a way to say, okay, well, we need we need to create standards around all the things that we're passionate about, and we need to go ahead and establish those and have them written down somewhere. Yeah. And that's what the PST is all about. It's a it's a physical standard test. Well, that's what PST stands for, physical standard test. So it was a modified PST this morning. Um, what about you, Chili? How'd you do? Any any pinch points? I mean, tell the people about your new swim stroke you've coined. Well, I I did, you know, the first time we ever started swimming together, I I had a stroke then that I kind of just nicknamed the Chili, but I've kind of developed it over time. And I really, I prefer, especially what it's evolved into, to, to call it slap drowning. So... <laughs> Each, basically, your left hand doesn't really do anything, okay? It just stays under the water and kind of just kind of just crawls like this, just every now and then kind of digs like a little hermit crab. But your right hand really rapidly comes up and bang and slaps the water. And then it's on a rhythm of, usually I'm counting in my head, you know, like one, two, three, bang, one, two, three, bang. And then, and then so that's the, that's the slap part. And then the drowning part is I don't breathe, but about three times every hundred meters so okay i just stay under and just oh and legs alternate between flutter kicking you know and the, the frog kick okay well is it is it uh, I, I i really like the name because i feel like the uh the the lake turtles that are standing on the beach we call them lake turtles if y'all haven't seen the youtube video that we posted uh at the triathlon chili and i did you can get on there and watch it and see what these lake turtles look like. But <laughs> as they're watching us swim, um, I feel like they're looking at you and saying, dang, that joker is slap drowning out there. <laughs> well, that's kind of where the name came from. I uh, I actually had some people make comments when the lake was real busy that day. I heard one lady go, good gosh, is he all right? <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. So, uh yeah, it's, uh, I like it, apparently it. it's something to behold. I haven't really seen it, but I just know what how to do it. You look in distress when you come out of the water. <laughs> when I come up off the beach? When you come up for your breath? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I do. I like that guy that was telling Edgar, oh. hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you're going to have to go the other way. You got to go. I'm standing here. <laughs> That, I, 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 I was, was that old boy talking to I me? I was just about to say that. Yeah, that about I pissed me word, off. Man. I kind of looked up and then uh, yeah, it away. But. That ticked me off. Yeah. So, so that, guys, if you're listening to this, we're down here in Georgia, and it gets hot down here in Georgia. And, and let me tell you right now, the the average human in Georgia is a is a terrible excuse for a human. Uh, I, I mean, just be real with you. The, 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 the Southern culture, as much as I love it, uh, it does not, it is not conducive. It doesn't produce athletes. Yeah, it is not conducive to fit people. And so when it gets hot down here in these Georgia summers, all of these folks that, that eat three meals a day at the Bojangles, they congregate on, on the water to cool down. 
but they don't do anything in the water. They kind of just float around. It's like and a hog. He goes, gets in the mud. <laughs> it is. It's like, yeah, like hogs or cow, like a cow go down and get in the pond there in the pasture, you know? And so that's what they look like. Big livestock ready for slaughter, just hanging out in the water. <laughs> And so Edgar's swimming by one of them today, and I don't think these people have ever seen anybody swim for fitness. I, I think these people think the only time you would ever swim is if you happen to fall off into some deep water and you just had to get into some shallow water to be able to stand up and not do anything, all right? Yeah, you get a little far from the boat and they go, come on, slap, drown back to me. Sla it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they see us out there swimming and they're like, holy crap, what are these people doing? Why would you swim like that? And, and so Edgar's coming right at one of them. And he's sit, standing there saying, uh, sir, you're, you're going to have to go the other way. You're going to have to move. Uh, sir, go that. And, and I look over at him and I said, feller, he can't hear you. All right. <laughs> he's, he's swimming. He can't hear what you're saying. And and that's about all. all, really, all yeah, I didn't know he was talking. Yeah, about I knew you couldn't Once hear. Once I got close to him, I, I saw him and tried to steer away a little bit. But. And so then we're, we get out of the water. We're standing there on the beach putting our shoes back on. And here come the police. Um, and, and I, of course, I, I'm getting to the point now that I'm not surprised. That could be for you any yeah, minute. It could be for me at any minute. And I'm thinking, well, there's probably some kind of worn out on me or something like that. And here they're coming right down to us. And, uh, and apparently one of the local rednecks, uh, there's an emergency phone up there by the bathrooms and the police says, somebody picked up this emergency phone and was it and we're like no it wasn't us and they walk back up there and we see one of the rednecks coming down out of the bathroom and the police said did you pick up that phone and he said oh yeah man i was just open i was just checking it out to see what it was <laughs> and it literally says emergency phone right on the daggone box the big red box yeah so pretty pretty action-packed day down at the swim and then um We'll move on to the run to debrief the run. Uh, I felt strong on the run personally. I felt like I had a nice, even strength uh, the whole way. Chilla, you were rolling on, man. Yeah. Good job. Edgar? Uh, what's no, up, man. boy? I was in the hurt box. Hurt box. Was it a heat? Well, the heat, well, yeah. My fitness level in general, the entire whole way there was uphill. <laughs> So I was I was walking the struggling to to walk the hills and, and run the flats and then and whatever little downhills were. And uh yeah, man, it was it was hot. Any cramps? No, I didn't get no cramps. Uh I didn't get no cramps. I've been pounding water lately, man, like going out of style. So I think that was was beneficial for me, but I was uh kept checking my heart rate. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was up in the High 160s, low 170s. I don't know if that's a good or bad or otherwise. Well, but you're getting close to your max. That's yeah. a good place to be, yeah. Well, uh, not for too long. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, the heat it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, that heat was brutal yeah. this morning. And what happened to you, Blake? I just didn't feel good. You're sick. Strep lung. Yeah, strep lungs. Well, well yeah, I mean... We've run that hill many times, but today I didn't. I wasn't quite feeling it. I wasn't feeling it from the start. Being chilly, he was trying to run real fast out of that lake. 
He said, we're going to take it nice and easy on this first one. And he said, and not this easy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I tried. Then we got to the house, and he said, I'm going to go get some water. I said, roll on. Well, push up. Push up, sit ups. That was that was easy day, y'all. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Yeah, I tell mean, him. How he did gonna you skate right past that, <laughs> did, ain't he? What's the what's the standard? And then what did you do? Go what ahead. Is, what is the standard for the PST on push ups? Eighty. You changed everything so many times, but what we left on was eighty for both. Eighty push ups, eighty hey, sit ups, and twenty pull professionals got standards, and the standard <laughs> is sixty. The standard sixty today. Professionals changed their standards. According to their performance level. Okay, all right. I, Let's I, go ahead. I, no, I thought it was 82. I thought it was 82. So, um, 82? 80 TWO or TOO? <laughs> I don't know the difference between those. Uh, 80 TOO. I thought it I thought it was 80. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, push-ups are something that I, you have to stay on top of push-ups. Push-ups are one of those things that you can't just get good at them and then – kind of slack off for a few months and come back and expect to bust out a bunch of push-ups. So I struggle with balancing that upper body strength and especially that motion push-ups with with the endurance-type training. So I only hit 60 on my push-ups, man. Uh, I mean, uh, Well, that's not a bad number, but as much talk as, you know, much as... What'd you guys hit? Much as you talk crap. I got 50... Six or fifty five or yeah, I don't remember exactly. What'd you get, Chilly? Sixty one. I could have done sixty one, man. Sixty one. What the crap? What I don't, the crap? Now, now, granted, I'm not claiming they count. I don't know because you can't judge them. So whoever was watching me, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to get wormy on them push-ups. You wormed a few of them, but that's all right. <laughs> so I don't know if they count. But I mean, hey, I went all the way down. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the first push-ups I've done in months. I, I, that's just not something I do. And uh, well, It's pretty much a useless I, I exercise. Weak, but but I tell you what I did feel, though, is I felt the swim mm. on my lats when I was pushing. Yeah. Like immediately. Because I don't, I don't swim as a normal. It is way harder to do push-ups after you swim. Oh, yeah. But that's the PST. You, that's what I, makes the PST yeah, hard yeah. is the swim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, that ain't a part of the Army uh, fitness test. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then sit-ups, y'all crushed the sit-ups. Yeah, I got 90. 90. You got 95. Yep. How in the crap did y'all do 95? Have you seen our Have you seen our core? Well, you got 120 seconds to do it. I mean, good God. Have you seen our core, man? man? I only Freaking, hit 71. We're jacked. What's the standard on <laughs> sit-ups? 80. 80. 80 and 80, Chili said. Yeah. yeah. Well, I commend you guys. Me yeah. and Edgar are subpar yeah, no, was on our smoking. sit-ups and push-ups. Anybody can do 90 anything in two minutes of smoking. Once again, I don't know if they counted. Oh, yeah. They but, were good sit-ups. Okay. Yeah. We'll do a YouTube video for y'all on the PST. We'll do a YouTube video for y'all where y'all can see us go go through it. And it's, it's a good standard. It's a good fitness standard. That's why I like running, man. Ain't nothing got to be judged. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Running's just, you. I mean, it ain't really no way to fake it. Yeah. You know, you can either do it or you can't. Or swimming. Yeah, same thing, same thing. <laughs> Running's just a more natural movement, you know. I ain't a dang fish, all right? Ain't, yeah. 
I will say I crushed you guys on the swim. I actually did 600 meters. Uh, yeah. I did true. an extra lap, and, and I did a little extra running too. So, But, again, everything I do is because of you. <laughs> so to Keep us safe with you. All right, I'm going to interrupt this conversation to share some scripture with you, and then we're going to go in and debrief the um, – the Osprey, the OSS rifle match, Osprey Shooting Solutions rifle match, where uh, I had a little snafu, and uh, <laughs> but I still beat Blake, so we'll debrief that. Um, I'm gonna share this scripture with you right, right here, real quick. This is Revelation 11, verse 18, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants and thy prophets, and to the saints and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Ha! I want to hit y'all with that just a second, boy. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading Revelations. I read it about once a month. I absolutely love that book. Why is that? You know, a lot of people have trouble making sense out of the book of Revelation. For sure. And, and I'm not saying that I can make total sense out of it. There there are some there is some some symbolic language that well, yeah. that that that, that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, I, I mean a lot of it is I believe more literal than what you think it's going to be. I think a lot of the language is more literal than what you think it's going to be. But there are pieces of it that won't make sense until you're the person that is seeing it happen, right? I think you like it for the wrath and yeah, judgment. That's all it is. And, uh, I, I'm gonna tell you, man. Just I I yearn for the coming of Christ. I mean, I am I I yearn for it. Uh, well, Christ as King, right? And um. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's why I like the Book of Revelation so much. Why? Why do you yearn for it so much? Because I'm ready for all this to just be wrapped on up, son. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if yeah, the the when people say that they have hope, well, there the only reason that you have hope is because you believe that Jesus is coming back. Because if, if he wasn't, or if you didn't believe that, what's there to have hope about? You see uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when some people say that they don't yearn for that, but they have hope, I'm like, what do you have hope in? Sometimes I don't even think people know what they mean when they have hope. The hope that you have, whether you know it or not, if you have hope, is that he's coming back to end all this suffering and evil. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that is the hope. There is nothing else to be hopeful about. Like, I wouldn't have hope that this is going to turn around. <laughs> it ain't going to turn around. So, the only thing that, that you could have hope about is that. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people may believe that just through natural circumstance, this all turns around, but <laughs> I don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, that's him coming back is is the only hope that anybody actually has. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much I, all there yeah, is to it i agree with you yeah i just i love that book read it all the time and you know the book of revelations too it's uh it's one of 
he actually makes mention at the the very end of the book. Um. Uh, I I will have to. Um, okay. Behold, this is Jesus speaking in, in Revelation, in the conclusion of Revelation. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. I believe that just reading this book, it just it it just it just blesses me. Just reading it, even if I don't understand every part of it. Um I don't know, man. I suggest all you guys dig into the book of Revelations and study it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't uh don't don't feel don't feel overwhelmed by by trying to uh study it and understand what it's what it's trying to tell you. All right. That's what I want to share with you from scripture. All right, let's talk about the rifle match. Where do we want to start? We'll start with Edgar. Why'd you put this thing on, Edgar? Uh, well, it was 4th of July weekend, Saturday. Um, the 2nd is when we did it. It was just an honor, you know, Independence Day. And our forefathers who stood up against a tyrannical government. That was it. Um, yep. Put my 1776 flag out on the road. And, uh, like that. That was it, but, uh. Yeah, I just like to get people out, getting uh, competing, whatever. If they're nervous about guns, my my matches, you guys know, are a little they're kind of controlled, but what's the word I'm looking for? Informal, yeah. controlled but informal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people can actually enjoy what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, don't don't have a bunch of NRA uh, <laughs> old dudes out there who lose their mind when. Something goes a little sideways or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I did it, 4th of July. I wanted to do an all-rifle match for that. Just, you know, we do pistol matches all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So some guys neglect their rifle. Some some guys neglect their pistol. So if you, yeah, forces people in there, they're a little out of their comfort zone maybe. Yep. Well, I, I, I am one that has been neglecting my rifle in you know we talk about training and shooting is a skill it's probably the most sacred skill that you can be taught or that you can learn in in my opinion i was having a conversation just yesterday with some friends and uh one of them was talking about a book they read called one second after and it's essentially a, a book that goes through if an EMP went off and, and kind of what would what would happen. And, and she said, um, she said, you know, money would be uh, money would be worthless. Paper money would be worthless. And uh, the kid, well, that little kid, was sitting there saying, "Well, why would money be worthless, mommy?" And she explained why. And uh, then they started talking about stockpiling food and resources and they asked us they were like are you stockpiling stuff in case something happens and i said well no if if something bad happens everything is mine (laughs) it's it's tactics and shooting 
is the most sacred skill you can possibly learn. Because if you have that skill, ultimately everything is yours if it came down to it. I mean, well, it, that's it, the way it is now. People just don't yeah. realize that there's that. I mean, people play by the rules, you know. Yeah. But like, that's the way it is now. Yeah. We're not living in some reality where, where it's not the case that the 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 biggest and strongest and most capable can take whatever they want ultimately. But there's just a lot in place to that people playing by the rules and you know yeah. keeping that from happening. But that's. So I, I got a dear buddy who is a, uh, he claims atheism and he claims he's an anarchist. And now I believe in a society, there needs to be some law, you know, but <clears throat> his argument is that once everything devolves down to that point of, you know, yep. caveman, uh, strongest winds and this and that, then it'll start to build. But I keep explaining that as it starts to build, Little communities are going to start to. Implement this will happen own, again. They're going to implement their own laws. And they're going to yeah. become little communities, yeah. and then it'll eventually grow into the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or, or a different version of it, whatever. But uh, so yeah, be, being able to defend your stuff is important. Um, you know, good people ain't going to go take other people's stuff. But these days, even on the political spectrums, there's left wingers out there. Ordering food now, uh, getting into the prepping stuff. Oh, yeah. Because they think there's going to be this big, massive right-wing whatever taking of rights and, and, and this, these, these and that. Uh, so one of the most inherent rights is being able to defend yourself, uh, contrary to Justin Trudeau of Canada. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's one of the most fundamental and when you say sacred rights, be able to defend yourself and your family. And your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and and like you said, regardless of political affiliation or whatever, there's so many people that they want to deny that things are as grave as sometimes we on this podcast talk about them being. They want to say, well, you know, it's really not that bad. It's like, you know, you're talking about you live in this country that's you're saying it's no longer free. Well, you had the freedom to write that and you have the Boy, freedom that, to do that this. That made some people mad when I put and that post that. out. Well, yeah. here's the deal. Whatever, whatever problem or issue that you fail to identify in the premature stages of that problem will ultimately lead to your demise. It will totally consume you. It's like a tiny piece of rot on a piece of fruit right like if you just ignore it when it's real small because it's real small it, ultimately it will get bigger it's and like it will termites. and it will destroy the entire thing that's exactly what's what's happening and that's how it ultimately does take over is they convince people that nothing is wrong you're in a burning well, building but it has all good everything's fine so you can think that's hyperbolic language but it's it's the reality of what you have to get ahead of and nobody wants to get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's simple preparation, but uh, yeah, the people who, who live in denial and they do it for political purposes or whatever, they live in, in their little bubbles. Yeah. Um, once you have uh, an encounter with violence, your perspective changes on, on things. 
uh, if you've been a victim of something, your perspective changes. And, and violence is not a uh, part, partisan or political no. issue. Um, it It's just, it happens random. Well, to the victim, it's random, right? So... <laughs> Uh, most of the people who advocate most f- for like, oh, there's no, it's not that bad and this and that and guns need to go away. They've never had an encounter with violence. So, and, and I don't want them to, but yeah. until they have a realization, they're always going to you know be in that sort of denial. Um, yeah. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's got to do with just defending yourself. Yep. And um, I'm seeing politically, I'm seeing a lot more of the sort of extreme leftists, and I'm not talking about agitators and, and, and whatever. I mean, just people who want who now understand it, like, yeah, I need to protect myself. Whatever their perceived threat may be. I don't when people come out to my range, I don't I don't care what they think the threat is. Yeah. I just want them to be proficient, uh, to defend themselves against whatever the threat is. Yeah, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a tyrannical government, right or left wing. <laughs> Yeah, because there's both. Whether it's a uh, dark alley and a shady dude, you know, whatever. So, yeah, def- defend yourself, man. And and ha- handling guns, I mean, it's not a scary thing. Guns exist. There ain't no way they're ever going to be taken away. Well, legally they may be prohibited, but what's the number? Somewhere in the neighborhood of... 11, 12 guns per human in America. Yeah. There's just millions and millions and millions of guns out there. What well, you, if you make it to where only the bad guys can get, get a hold of them, what are you doing? So, yeah. yeah uh, denial. Or, oh, or, yeah. 100%. And then let, letting a bad thing fester out of denial. Uh, that, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges in the, in the gun sort of thing right now, the gun business. Is is those who advocate against because they don't they don't know right. But if you ever been to a third world country, hmm. it's also clear. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, w- once in Afghanistan, well, my first trip, this had nothing to do with with Taliban or or anything else. One Afghan neighbor was had beef with another Afghan neighbor. Joker put a landmine on his at their front door. Jeez. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're the main gate. Guy comes out of the gate, boom, we we hear it at the fire. <laughs> we go check it out. And yeah, it was neighbors beefing, so he landmined his house. Jeez. I mean. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Well, they can't depend on law. They can't. De- no, they, there's, there's, no, no. There's, a, there's not a. No, and you, that's what I was saying, third world. Yeah. They still have sort of the strongest. Yeah. The warlords are the strongest guys. They've managed through fear or respect a mass. People who fight for them, and they ain't got no problems with taking care of, of business in a, in a violent way. Well, like you said, you know, if you reduce it down to the to the basic core, like an anarchist would want, that's that's the society. That's what happens. Yeah. And you know, you got a problem with somebody, you just go kill them, yeah. and then you know, you're fine until someone's got a problem with you that's bigger and stronger and come, yeah. Yeah. comes and kills you. But ultimately, like Edgar said, because I have my simplistic mind, kind of desires that too, of like just. Hey, let's just yeah, like put I'll, it, I'll take my chances. Just put it back, which I'm not even, that's, well, that's not because you have me to protect you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not me saying that I'm, that I would do well in that situation. I'm not even saying that. I just like that. It's like, Hey, that makes sense to me. It's just, 
Whoever can whoever can hang can hang. I'm Survival not saying, of the fittest. I'm not even saying I can hang. I'm just saying I like that. Well, you can outrun anybody. Yeah, that's true. But uh, <laughs> but like he said, ultimately that doesn't last. I bet a lot of people would uh, would aspire more to live a quiet life, mind their own business, yeah. Yeah. and work with their hands. Hey, I actually, I'm not, I'm not saying I can't hang either, cause I could go hide somewhere. If I ever ran across somebody, then I'd be well, in trouble. I, but. I'm a big fan of the little catchphrase that an armed society is a polite society. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, <laughs> if a bad guy's out yeah. there cruising the streets and everything's even odds, as far as he knows, he's probably less likely <laughs> yeah. to take action. If a gunman shows up at a parade. And everybody else is armed, and he just assumes everybody else is armed. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I saw that, man. I I saw that when I was actually on the way back home from our rifle match. Uh, I saw that dude. No, it was the day after, I think. I was on the way to the range to shoot with Blake the next day because I did so terrible at the rifle match. Uh, We decided to go train the next day. That's good, yeah. And... uh, I saw that headline, and I saw that uh, the law enforcement there in that town asked all the uh, citizens to shelter in place. Yeah, and I Bad thought, parade. yeah, and I thought, <laughs> are you freaking serious, man? And and I I so bad wanted to say, no, the citizens of this community should come out in force and find this individual, do their best to take him alive, and yeah. promptly hang him. It, on the on on the broad street right there and then carry on with the parade that's what should yeah. have happened how did that go over on that last podcast y'all did when when he was talking people agree he's talking yeah. about the gallows yeah yeah the gallows <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but, but yeah i think if, if everybody's armed it, it adds a well why can't everybody be disarmed well bad guys don't disarm that's just it so yeah. if everybody else is armed now you, at least you're presenting an equal equal even playing field and then guys like us, you know, guys in our community, you know, train more. Uh, so I'll take my chances in an anarchist environment, but it'll eventually, yeah, the community will band together, yeah, you know, on some level, on some level. And then, uh, because how exhausting must it be, like constantly twenty four seven, like when you're on patrol, when you're on like a seven day village clearance, it it's twenty four seven, like yeah, look. Uh, how 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 exhausting would that be? You know well, the population would be dramatically reduced. Oh, the time it took to get to that point and then get back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so many millions, <laughs> millions would be reduced. Well, we're going deep on this episode. Son. <laughs> oh man, look, yeah, I'm not. Even, People look. are gonna love this one, son. <laughs> I, I'm talking about training here. Everybody but Krista. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about training here. Don't worry, guys. Crystal will be back. She took a little vacation. She'll be back. Uh, this is our chance to talk about the end of time. She's assessing her life choices. Um, Probably. I'm, look, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Responsibly armed human beings are less of a, of a tasty target. That's yeah. All. Yeah, man, you wanted to talk about training. That drives the point home of oh, why you yeah, train. Man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the big points I wanted to drive home about training is uh, when we talk about this sacred skill of being able to defend yourself uh, using firearms, because it is the it it 
everybody talks about all this hand-to-hand stuff and all this. That stuff all went out the window when the firearm was, when, when the gun was created, yeah. all right? I mean, particularly the 9 millimeter. You know, it'll blow your lungs. Oh, out. yeah, it'll blow your lungs, <laughs> slap out of your body. That's right. Okay. Uh, so um, th- this is the most sacred skill. But the interesting thing about this skill is uh, it's not... It's not. It's it's unique in a sense that there are some skills that you can learn them, and you can get the equipment that you need, and you can get good at it, right? And then you can come back to it uh, at any time and pick right back up with it. Uh, for instance, gardening is a skill. I think a very valuable skill. Learning how to produce food. Uh, if you get good at that, right, and you get your setup all good to go, you can take a year off. It's and not, you, as, and not you, as perishable. Yeah, you can come back the next yeah. year and, and and pick right back up with growing your food, right? Um, shooting and tactics is not that. It's probably it's probably the most perishable skill that I personally know. Um, by the way, let me remind you while we're talking about training, physical training is not a skill. All right, physical fitness is an enabler. It should enable you to perform a skill better. Okay, so don't get confused. Because our society now, we hammer so much on physical training every day. People are all on board with it, right? But they don't have any freaking valuable skills. And they're working out every day, which is great. I work out every day too. But the foundation of the reason that I physically train... Is so that I can be healthy. I don't need doctors. I don't need medicine. I don't need all this crap, right? And it enables me to be better at the actual skill that I've chosen chosen to pursue. But that being said, I have neglected my rifle training because everybody wants to shoot pistols these days. Nobody wants to shoot rifles, all right? And I get it, man. The... Look, a box of 600 rounds, I mean, a 1,000 rounds of 5.56 is 600 bucks. Good gosh. And you can burn through a 1,000 rounds in a rifle easy. I mean, it just, it, it's gone, all right? And so we haven't been training rifle uh, in months and months. And we went out to shoot this match, man. And boy, I came out the gate cocky. <sighs> I came out the gate real <laughs> cocky. Um. You know, Blake. Shocker. Where? <laughs> what about you, Blake? Well, I was ill prepared, uh, so he had one gun that was halfway sided in. Yeah, I had switched some optics around on my guns and had signed up for it um, pretty well in advance, and that was when I got sick, and so I didn't feel like going sighting my guns in. And I had one that I knew I had sighted in before, but I didn't know where it was hitting. It. You know, I figured it was. Low, close in, and probably on it 25 or whatever. And so that's just what I brought. And uh, <clears throat> Saturday was really the first day I felt good. And I still hadn't ate much. but So I was I was ill-prepared physically and uh, uh, with my equipment. Mentally. He went mentally. And mentally, yeah. He went, you told me. I mean, you kind of like had focus issues, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a bigger part of shooting than people think oh he's just making excuses no i mean he think, think about how many people no, yeah i mean and that's uh, another part is i i haven't i mean i don't know when the last time i trained rifle was um it would have been with you because i always shoot pistol 
Edgar said another thing. What's the most important part on your rifle? Yeah, uh, you got to, no matter what distance it is, you got to zero that rifle and you got to know where that zero is. The zero. Yeah, that's right. If you're shooting without having zeroed your rifle, you're just guessing. Well, I took my guns to the range and I sighted them in at 36 yards and I moved the target from 7 to 25 to 50 75 yeah, and went all the way out to 150 yards and i i know i got the target yeah. where all three of my rifles yeah. are hitting from that distance yeah, that's what you got and so and the, there's a lot of dudes out there it's always tinkering around with all these different optics and whatnot but man you get a setup you know for me my main gun i know where i zero at 50 yards and 200 yards and i know where that joker's gonna hit every time bud why do you zero at 50 Edgar? Well, uh, the 36 is all right. Um, that's a, a well-respected dude that I follow and have trained under. Uh, zero, zero, that's where you sit. Ultimately, mid-range, the margin of error is less. Because the Army, and I don't know if the Navy does it, they zero at 25 and 300. 25, yep. Well, mid-range, your margin of error is somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight inches. Whereas with a 50-yard zero from from 50 and 200 your mid-range margin of error is you know a few inches maybe three inches so you can put red dot in the middle and get it get a hit mm -hmm. probably without any question whereas with a 25 yard zero and ultimately it doesn't matter if you know where your bullets are going to hit it just takes the thought process uh, and that's with red dot stuff so, you know yeah because you know you kind of got to imagine somewhere yeah like if you're real close, for instance, you know all red dots. You always hit hitting a little low, but you gotta know that stuff. Um, but if you but knowing it, that's the whole point. No matter where you zero at, as long as you know what your holdovers are at whatever distances. Yeah, that's what I told. That's what I told Blake after that match. And by the way, if you go ever go out and shoot one of Edgar's matches, he has the smallest freaking targets <laughs> that you can yeah. ever. I find did that on, on purpose. Earth. Yep, these I are mean, the half Ipsix. Yep. The, the it's it's so interesting to go out and shoot your matches because i i believe it maybe it's just your style but i believe that your no frills yeah but <laughs> I, I i mean you're i think that your training was a lot different than mine i think that probably your training stressed different things than the training that i that yeah. would because we were so the found like the foundational element seems like when I look back on my career, the the one that everybody held in the highest regard was CQC, close quarters yeah, yeah, combat, right? Always, Assaulters, yeah, yeah. right? And and you know, accuracy was needed, right? I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that we threw accuracy out the window. No. Yeah, yeah, you got to be uh, surgical when you're going into a room. For yeah, sure. but it was there was also the component of speed was was highly highly stressed and then you have obviously cq cqc is highly there's a high high uh tactical element to it because there's a lot going on when yep. you're clearing the structure so thinking man's game that's sure. right the yep. tactical portion and then the speed portion was highly highly stressed the accuracy portion had to be good enough right but when when i come shoot with you man i don't it doesn't What's weird about the way you shoot, Edgar, is I'll watch you run a drill, and it don't look fast. No. It, it just, I'm like, well, 
that nothing special about that. Well, I get up and run the drill, and you beat me every freaking time, but it's because you're so accurate. And that's what challenges me so much when I come out and shoot with you, which leads me to my second point about training. Not only is this skill perishable, but if you want to learn this skill, you you have got to train with multiple credible people to become the most well-balanced shooter. You have got to do it, man. Yeah, it's good to uh, dip into some different disciplines uh, when it comes to shooting. Um, Most of the guys I I follow and, like, really do my sanity checks off of are tactical dudes, you know, like Delta dudes and whatnot. But, you know, I follow a handful of uh, competition shooters uh who have zero tactical background whatsoever but they know how to shoot a gun yeah uh, so you you got to get a little mixture in there like what we do out there is tactical and and, and action shooting and, and competition oriented shooting it's not like uh service rifle and pistol stuff where you're at distance and just standing or whatever but uh getting getting some different points of view really helps you know just tune your stuff right up i think it's absolutely essential yeah i I I agree yeah um um, everybody's got a style and everybody's got a personality but you'll you'll always get something different from from a different guy yeah as long as he's you know yes vet your instructors for sure make sure they're credible guys but and i want to say you can't go wrong with any special operations type guy because we all do so much shooting just all the time, you know, thousands and thousands, thousands of rounds. But, you know, check that YouTube channel out and <laughs> make sure he's not up there doing some wazoo stuff too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, many, and and the, the shooting stuff usually don't get wazoo. It's the tactics that somebody wants to throw some weird stuff in. Yeah. Um. So, you know, yeah, vet your instructors, man, for sure. But there ain't nothing proprietary out there in the shooting business. It's all out there. Oh, yeah. It's all out there. There ain't nothing new. I ain't going to introduce nobody to no mm-hmm. new way of holding a gun. I'm just going to show you what the universally accepted professional way to do it is and uh, show you where you can make little tweaks. My thing for training, uh, one, of, one, one of the things I pride myself on is individual attention and assessing. That's why my classes are small. Uh, I, yeah. If I did a 20-person class, course i'm just you're gonna miss somebody you know what i mean you're gonna you're gonna blow over somebody who's doing all right so you just kind of ignore him and you go to the people that are so you know having eight or ten guys out there you can really just tune everybody up Mm -hmm. but yeah i use the small targets yeah everybody wants to do fast sexy stuff yeah but you got to put the rounds on target man yeah and i score the uh, half ipsix just with higher penalties even. So anything in the C zones plus one, anything in the D zones plus five. Yeah. So if you ain't on your P's and Q's, you you, you ain't going to be competitive. It makes you think about that zero, yeah. man. Yeah. It may – and I, I – the next day after the match, I ordered those targets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, man, they're good. And then, uh, you know, so one of them we did out to 75 yards and worked our way in. So even even that will mess some people up. If you don't, that don't, that aren't, you know, they zeroed at whatever yard line and then only shoot at 15 yards from yeah. the rest of their time. You got to get out there. 
Um, unfortunately, my range ain't really set up for long, longer stuff, but soon, you know, it's coming um, sooner or later. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, man, you, you got to train with, and I think this applies in fitness too. I mean, I would apply the same principle in fitness. If you, if you have the same coach, right? If you're trying to get yeah, better at yeah. running or, or, or weightlifting or whatever, if you, 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 you know, if you have the same coach for three, four, five years, you're not gonna you're not gonna be as balanced and mm -hmm. as good as you could possibly be. All right. Well, it applies to anything because no one yeah. person is like the person teaching. So if yeah. I only get instruction for you from you, well, I'm not Chad. So I can take the things that I'm good at that you can teach me, but then Edgar can teach me things that I'm also good at, and and you can pick and choose from. Yeah, it's being just that's just being well rounded. Yeah, everything you do in there. What about frequency of what? Talking shooting specifically. All right, because I get this question a lot of times with new shooters that we have out on the range. They ask, how often do I need to do this to stay proficient? And it's a, I think it's a valid question. I mean, everybody wants to know. Uh, for, me, for me personally, th the question becomes, well, how, how good do you want to be, right? Yeah. And... and question the, is, how much can you afford to buy ammo? <laughs> yeah, but, but I think the answer is the real answer whether you want to hear it or not if you want to be a proficient shooter you should do some sort of training with with that weapon every single day right yep. e even so most a lot of the days it's just going to be dry fire yep. but do not discount the value yep. of doing dry fire in your house yep. all right e even even with a rifle you can dry fire uh and there's so much stuff on the market today with lasers and, and this and that and the other that like, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not pimping Mantis X, but if you shoot with that thing, there's so many data points that that thing picks up from your draw all the way out to your shot. Hold on. What is this thing you're talking about? Yeah. It's a Mantis X, you know, and they got a few different models, but the, and it attaches to your gun. And, but the point is, as soon as you touch that gun, it starts tracking data. Wow. So, and, and you can see a, a you know, on your app, you can you can see a visual of hmm. the arc of your gun as you push out. Not only does it track the time it takes you to get out, you can see how your your gun was shaking while you're out there before you close huh. the deal on the pistol. I've never seen this thing before. Mantis X, yeah, that's one of them. There's 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 a lot of laser shot, and there, there's there's a handful of them out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but hey, uh, if you if you're on a budget, you know, put a pasty on the wall. Draw and shoot. You got to hold yourself accountable. That's all. If that sight moved when you pulled the trigger, assess what, why did it move and, and fix it. And, and um, repetitions are, are good and important as long as they're correct repetitions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're training the wrong thing, all, you, all you're doing is ingraining uh, the wrong little neuro pathways up there in your brain. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yep. Any professional will tell you dry fire. So, if you ain't got, if you go to a range, once a week, you still should be dry firing uh, in the house. I, I do it at my TV, you know. My wife watches uh, Supernatural. So when Dean comes on TV, I, <laughs> I draw. The answer, the, the, you answered it perfectly, though, broadly with uh, 
how good, how many times should you train? Yeah. How good do you want to be? Yep. That's with everything. Yeah. I mean, there's no answer to that. And I, I get sick of people asking that with running and other stuff. It's how good do you want to be? Yep. Then the answer is pretty obvious. You want to be the best in the world? Train every day. Train multiple times a day. Yeah. I mean, same as with shooting. So, so with, with defensive shooting, though, right, when when people are trying to get the bare minimum level of whatever they think training is to be able to walk around and defend themselves, I, I tell people all the time, especially in my little everyday carry courses or whatever, and I got an armed self-defense course where we do force on force. Um, how how good do you think the bad guy is? <laughs> You, you can't ever underestimate. Yeah. yeah. Like, what if that dude's been an MMA tra- dude for ever since <laughs> he was six years old? How how fast do you need to be then? <laughs> Who That's knows? It, there ain't no answer because the you don't know what what how you're coming up. You against. don't know. Yeah. You can't know it. Yep. The only thing you can do is train, build your own confidence. Right. I'm pretty confident. Uh, but that don't mean there ain't some dudes out there faster than me, you know. So I'm confident enough to that I, I feel like I can deal with things. But however good you think I shoot, I, I know I can name 10 guys that smoke me up, man. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about training with, like, that AR9 you got or the chat's got a 22? Do yeah. you, think, you think that's uh, we, good? Uh, me and my – we got a uh, Smith & Wesson uh, M&P – Fifteen twenty two. Yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, I love that thing, man. Um, you just gotta feed it good rounds. If you got CCI stingers or, or something high velocity, if yep. you run good rounds in it, they don't jam up too much. You get all the functionality out of it, just like airsoft. I think airsoft's a good training tool. Yep. The problem is airsoft guns cost almost as much as real guns. Yeah. Uh, if you get one that weighs the same, it's all metal and all this and that. But yeah, man. Uh, I love my AR9 from Praetorian Defense. Um, you need to get me one of those, Edgar. I, 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 he yeah. sells them, don't he? Hey, I my, looked on his website. I couldn't find one tell on him there. you ain't no, his minion, does, uh, Edgar. Say, get your own dang gun, man. Uh, uh, Alex, <laughs> he, he just did that to make you better, Edgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to get me one of those, Edgar. Uh, Alan, you sad sack. Why ain't you got me one yet? <laughs> Alan, well, I just now got that one not too long ago. Alan Rizzo, uh, he's a former uh, Green Beret, and he's down there in Florida. He lives in Florida, and he's got a, a gun shop, and he builds he builds his own guns, too, and that's one of them. He asked me what I wanted, told him, built it and sent it up to me. Uh, the, the key component of an AR-style 9mm for me is that the bolt locks open on the last yeah. round. Most of them don't, or a lot of them don't, yep. and that's so aggravating to me, but... Uh, I wanted it to take Glock mags, and I wanted it to bolt the lock open. And, and it rear charged like a yeah, yeah, char- yeah. Everything yep. char- everything else is completely the same. <clears throat> and uh, it's cheaper to shoot nine mil than it is. Yeah, now heck of a lot cheaper. You're not getting any benefit on learning your ballistics or anything like that. But for functioning your gun, yeah. Well, you can go learn ballistics with a lot less rounds than you can learn. On- well, you can. That's a nerd game, ballistics. Like, you can sit in front of your computer and learn ballistics. Yeah. And all you got to do is go out and shoot your gun and sit, confirm that. Um, but handling, I say this in all my classes, too. Anybody can, you can teach anybody to, to tune their accuracy up. But, you know, in our business, there's a lot of judgmental dudes out there. And people judge you 
not necessarily on how well you're hitting, but how you handle that gun. Mm -hmm. If you look like a jack wagon over there swinging it around and doing all this and that. Uh, well, you just make people slap nervous. People just want to pick their bags up and move on. And I've, I stopped shooting at a range in Colorado because of that. It was a public, you know, thing, but they had so many people on the line and there was just, it was, it was free for all out there, man. And someone turns their safety off and fires above the, <laughs> fires above, fires the, target. above the target. Hey man, we've had, <laughs> we've had some students too. That'll make you slap nervous, son. Yeah. I've, I've and, had, that's, and that's what it is. I've been shot at in combat and whatever. I've had more guns pointed at me as an instructor, as a civilian, yeah, than I ever did in, in, in 25 years of service. And, I, and I've only been doing this since 2017. Uh, it was even a part-time gig when I was still in the military. So really, since 2020 when I retired, have I been doing it full-time. And I still, man, more people point their guns at me than like, oh, I don't want to get mad. I mean, I'm I'm a businessman. I'm trying to make money, I'm trying to get return customers. But I'm like, hey, you might not be a businessman if yeah, you're the you, wrong yeah. person. You mind not pointing that gun at my belly? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know, Blake, you asked about those twenty twos and those uh those carbine caliber pistols, um, or rifles. Man, you know, I agree as far as getting proficient and working on your regularly on your proficiency in terms of manipulation of the weapon. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a lot of benefit there. But I don't I, I also think that you should train at least as much with your actual rifle, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like I, I just, you know, you can't stray too far from, from the mantra train like you fight. Yeah. You can't stray too far from that. I mean, and so, yeah, I think there's value there, but I think. Well, you guys noticed I shot a five five six for this. Yeah. Uh, for the match. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's a rifle match. I wasn't going to come out there with a nine mil in competition. Well, I'm not into running anyway, but. I probably would have done better with a nine mil just based on, cause we had a lot of, you know, there wasn't a lot of recoil management going on, but mo- every target had at least two rounds. Um, but the recoil matters, you know, it matters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't matter that much. If you're, if you're controlling that gun, like you're supposed to five, five, six, don't, man, don't kick hard, man. Like, yeah. Um, so nine mil. Yeah. You get a little less recoil out of it. Not that much less. I mean, that, yeah. Some of those nine mils with the, you know, depending on how they're, yeah, how they're set up. Some of them, yeah. But keep this in mind: we're out there shooting a match for funsies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For defense, like everybody, kind of poo-poo's on them. PCCs is what they call them, pistol caliber carbines. But what's one of the most famous guns of, of all time? MP5. MP5, man. Yeah. It was that's. They call it a sub gun, but it, it, it's just a pistol caliber carbine. That's all it is, um, and it feels real good to shoot because of this, the operating system. Mm-hmm. Not because it's nine mil. Mm-hmm. I mean that partially, but it's got such a good operating system that that thing just yeah, it's, it, it feels good to shoot. Uh, I don't like that because I don't like the magazine where the magazine release is on the magwell, and I don't like that 
it don't want you know you gotta you gotta take that last click and then change mags and then rack it that's why i like the ar platform yeah because when you go dry you know you've gone dry and you mm-hmm. can do a, a fast reload i've had dudes take my courses with a, with mp5s cops you know like swat cops and whatnot they just can't change mag as fast <laughs> right, however many times they want to try it yeah and you know you get some type a's out there so you know they lose once and they're oh no man all right i got it and they want to keep doing it it's just functionally it takes longer you know so but that's one of the most popular guns ever nine mil yeah pistol caliber carbine is pretty much what that is well the first stage went the first stage went really well for me because it involved oh man yeah i had to i had to turn my afterburners on the kids yeah i I (laughs) I actually could have done that stage faster but when i was my first sprint down to the 75 yard line uh i realized i had to slow down running so edgar could catch up to me because i didn't want to turn and face down range while he was still running and try to catch up no so um i lost some time (laughs) i it on the screwed me on that on that first round were you you fast and accurate on this (laughs) yeah i think i was fast and accurate i think the first stage was a was a good stage for me yeah but accurate by whose standards we need to look at our we need to look at our times on this by oh, the man, way you to, gonna pull them up <laughs> to, to see I, i'm not i don't know if edgar beat me on that first stage or not i can confidently say that i beat him in every stage yeah yeah even the first one <laughs> but oh, hey for, for 75 yards man i'm okay okay the first stage was the get down. Yeah. All right. Edgar's time was, gosh, dang it, you did beat me. <laughs> I was 59.01. You beat me by almost four seconds. Now, Blake, check it out hold there. on. Hold on. Let me read Blake's time real quick. Uh-oh. 66.59. <laughs> now, hey, look, though, those ain't raw times. There's probably some penalties in there. I, I remember on that one that I only had one, one round in the C zone, for the whole stage. So I don't know how you shot it, but you could have ran it faster than me and just had. had oh, I'm well, sure that's I what had I did. more misses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure I had more misses. And that's why I score it like that. I, I like to score my matches to emphasize accuracy. I missed one of those. That's why my time was high. I yeah. missed on oh, that. Yeah, you hit, yeah, that's right. I had a yeah. miss. You had a miss. complete, a total miss? Yeah, it's at seven yards. Well, I, I had shot one too that day. And that was your plus 10 right there. Yeah. Yep. Well, that seems totally logical because you can be fast all you want, but if you're ne- like totally inaccurate, it don't matter. You, you got to have a balance, man. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know what that perfect balance is, but I mean, the perfect balance is to be fast and very accurate, but yeah, of course that's difficult. So this is my, well, this for is the scoring system. I mean, yeah. you, you got to try to make it. That seems pretty reasonable. This is my first foray into shooting any sort of competitions, yeah. right? You, I, I want y'all to, I want to be truthful with y'all. By the time I had been in the Navy for about, I'd say eight years, I didn't like shooting anymore. <laughs> I was burnt out on it. I, I I mean, I did it, 
as a job, yeah. I went through the I went through the motions. I did, you know, we, we shot really difficult courses of fire and just crazy training facilities. There was nothing about it that I liked though. And and when I got out of the Navy, I didn't think I was ever gonna pick up shooting again. Like I I I will always have weapons and I'll always, you know, shoot every now and then just to keep keep my skills up, you know what I mean? But as time has went by, I've actually grown to enjoy it. I'm enjoying it now more than I ever have in my whole life. That's why I'm shooting these things, because well, I'm having more fun with shooting now than I ever have yeah. in my whole life. Well, and you kind of got that personality, man. Like You don't win. You want to come back and do it again. Yeah, it's, it's challenging <laughs> yeah. me on, on, in, in a big way, yeah. yeah. So I was out. I was out of it for for a, a while, man. Yeah. Right, and so we're you know just really getting passionate about it. And these competitions are a, a freaking blast, dude. These I wish are you'd a blast. put on more of them. The competitions. Well, yeah, I, I usually get a good turnout at, at the matches. Um, I, I, yeah, I may end up doing it. I've, I've just got a few themed ones that I I kind of lined up for the year. Um, but the next one's not really till October. Well, got the Mogadishu Mile, and then I got a Halloween, which I think I'm just going to make a pistol. I, I don't know yet. I haven't, haven't sorted it out yet, but there's going to be a match around Halloween time. That'll be good. Then there's going to be one around Christmas time. And then the Cold ne- weather. Yeah, it's called Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to the second stage here. Playing the slots. Playing the slots. That was the barrier. Yeah. That was on that daggone barrier. Now, I'll read the times here. Shameful times. Edgar, you beat everybody. You beat. You got 47.18. Closest guy to you was 57.66. Well, as you can imagine, I shoot that all the dang time. That that was. All right. My time was 59.36. Y'all want me to read Blake's time? Oh, <laughs> 67.98. You're laughing. You only beat me by three seconds in the whole thing. Yeah. Um Hey. That uh yeah, that board was that that board was brutal, man. Hey, I shoot, I knew I, I shoot felt that slow. Thing. I shoot that thing all the time. I know how I'm gonna attack a position. I already know it. A lot of guys, man, first time they've ever shot from some weird yeah. port is when they come out to one of these matches. Yeah. yeah there so were some that, weird spots. But, you know, I knew – I felt slow doing that drill, but I felt, it felt clean. Yeah. It felt clean. You know what I mean? And that's what I was going for on that. Well, if you shoot it right, <laughs> you can use the barrier as a as a stability yeah. you know, platform. Screw you guys, man. <laughs> no, no, Chad is talented at a few things. Now, making himself <laughs> sound better than he was is <laughs> – man – that's one of his top talents. Yeah, he's top ten in the state of Don't Georgia. Don't y'all worry, that. dude. Don't y'all worry. I'm about, I'm about to come back on this rifle, and I'm yeah. going to smoke yeah. Eggers tater right. at the next match. You're top oh, ten in the state well, of Georgia. We'll just run this again for a YouTube challenge right, can, one yeah. day. We'll just run these four we courses again. We can just again. do it for funsies. Yep. All right. Third stage. This is where I fell apart. That Hold on. That bottom triangle was tough oh, that on was those easy. slots. That yeah. was an easy shot. Yeah. Edgar had to tell me to tuck my elbow. Gotta, out. Hey, if you try to go elbow out, you ain't gonna make it. No. Man. you ain't gonna get close enough to the earth. 
I don't know why everybody struggled with that bottom shot so much. And I thought that was easy. You did, yeah, you did. You went straight for the tuck shot. Yeah, if you're going to do that, man, you got to get that. It blew a bunch of dust, too. I remember having to wait a second or two. I couldn't even see my yeah. target. Yeah, you had to let that gravel dust clear. Was you one of them running one of those friggin' ridiculous uh, muzzle brakes? No, just time? whatever yeah. they put on the rifle. There's some dudes out there with some crazy... Uh, that oh, little yeah. rifle I was shooting, it thumps. Good Lord, yeah. man. Yeah, blow. Yeah. The double agent. Yep, that's I, swapping shoulders. I'm going to tell you. That's not, going now, on. look. The double agent took a took a lot of folks out, all right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. This drill, what it really wasn't that complicated. No, nope, very easy drill. But Edgar had to explain it about five times. Yeah. And there were still people there yeah. that didn't understand what the crap was about to happen. Yeah. And then Edgar gets up and shoots the drill. Eggers time, seven seven seventy seven point one five, and you penalized yourself on that drill, didn't you? Yeah. So that was even with the and penalty. that was with a plus ten, yeah. Yeah, that was with a plus ten. Yep. Because you shot the left side on your right shoulder, yep. and I watched you do it. I watched you getting ready, and I thought, is he doing this on purpose? Just because nah. he's beating us all so bad, he's gonna go <laughs> yep. ahead and give himself a ten second if, penalty. If he was a really good friend, you'd have said, "Hey, man, <laughs> you're gonna shoot that." <laughs> well, I, it was literally on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> yep. and I was like, "Surely he's not gonna just yep. shoot this nope. on the right shoulder because he just explained it five times." Hey, and I do things like that to make people think, and then I get up there and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, Edgar, you got to learn. You did that on. You did do that on purpose. Yeah, you, you did, did that, that to help. You don't ever do anything to make you better. That's exactly. Yeah, just make sure I was paying attention. Yeah, that was for you, Chad. Thank him for it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> what was your time? I, I still beat him. Hold on, I want to. I, I want to talk. I want to talk through this drill. All right. So Edgar gets up. He's explaining this drill, and then he starts talking about safety manipulation. And the way this drill set up, well, essentially, depending on how you choose to move, you really can run the whole drill without ever going on safe. You, you could run the whole drill. You take those first two shots, and you should be able to immediately transition. Those targets weren't that far apart. Well... You should have been able to transition to the target as you, but you move. Had to transition your shoulder though. Yeah. Which means your sights oh, are coming off target. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So that's, that's what you were that. looking for. Yep. Okay. So then I'm trying to think of a lot of people like to cheat on their on their safety. And that's just laziness. Like uh if your sight ain't on target, that dog on right. Well just look at the YouTube com comments, man. You shouldn't take your you shouldn't put your rifle on safe when you're uh, having to know, move. Yeah, whoever says that's they've lost their minds. That's what the YouTube people well, said. I, hey, I I know a lot of uh, operator types. Everyone, you don't you don't prep your gun by putting it on fire and then moving around. Mm. There's just too many variables. Yeah. Nah. Whoever says that, they're 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 confused. Yeah. Anytime your sights come off the target, your gun's on safe. Your, your weapon safe. needs to come on safe, right? Yeah, yeah. So Edgar's talking through this sa safety manipulation and and you know. Which, that should be second nature, right? You yep, shouldn't have to right. talk yep. through that. Yep. I mean, that should be second nature. If you are tuned up, yep. you, you know what you're doing out there with the rifle. 
He runs through the drill. He screws it up. <laughs> and, and and so still beats everybody. Still beats everybody. My time. So Edgar was 77.15. I was 79.75. I'm surprised that I was even that close to you. Um, Let's see. Blake. Now, is this the drill? Okay. I can read Blake's time now without laughing. 78.67. Good job, Blake. Well, I know. Is that the one where the, the deal went down? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm going yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, I was going to talk about this. Is this where so you got a plus 50, 50 okay. plus 50? Okay. Yeah. So, Edgar. A safety violation. The, the reason I said Edgar was talking about this safety manipulation, the reason I even mentioned that is because I'm using this new rifle that I bought, and it has an ambidextrous safety on it. All right, it's a Daniel Defense rifle. I will be up, totally up front with you guys. I have never trained on a rifle that had an ambidextrous safety. Not a single rifle that I used in the teams that I trained on had an ambidextrous safety, all right? Well, I didn't think nothing of it. I just thought, well, this this just is what it is. It's a brand new rifle. I took it out there, which is stupid in the first place. Um, but I had been noticing all throughout the day that that safety, every time I would manipulate that safety, I would feel it hit the other side of my hand. And it was just, it was throwing me, it was weird. It was throwing me off, right? And instead of telling Blake, hey, man, will you take this? Blake does everything for me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime I need something down my gun system, or new his <laughs> tags. Instead of saying, Blake, take this daggone safety off of here for me. It's screwing me up. I just thought, well, I'll just get used to it throughout the day, you know? So Edgar talks about safety. So now safety's in my head, right? The safety manipulation. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. It's second nature anyways. And I'm moving through this drill. Boom. I move across the, the thing. Boom, boom, boom. I get to the, the far right flank of the range. Uh, mag change. I come back up on my gun to take my shot. And as I come back up and shoulder the weapon, I can feel the safety hitting the first knuckle on the other side of my hand, right? And so my brain, I sent two signals to my body at the same time. I've never done this before in my life. I, what, multitask? I, yeah, I've never multitasked in my life. I sent two signals to my body at the same time. I, I had got punched the weapon out, and I had said, pull the trigger, and at the exact same moment, I told my body to look and see what's hitting you in the side of your mm. hand over there, mm, all right? Mm, mm. So committed to pulling the trigger while I lift my head up to see what the crap's hitting me in my knuckle, and it all goes down at the exact same second. Yeah. Pow! <laughs> right? And, and so... Look, man. Well, that, it, was, it, that was a miss. Look, man. It happens. Look. I thought he was going to say, Blake, come out here and shoot this gun for me, man. I, I don't know what I'm doing. There, there was, there was. I, I, I do want to tell you guys, there was nothing unsafe here. No, I was pointed it wasn't at. Unsafe. I was pointed at the target. It's my, my brain. Like I said, it literally short circuited. I, I sent it two things at one time out to my body, and it just went. And just well, short circuited. You are disabled. So. <laughs> and I told I told Blake about it later on because immediately after this happened, Blake just starts just just busting. Shots. I mean, just hammering, hammering me, dude. 
Uh, because now I've been hammering him all day long. Yeah. All right, Chad got real quiet. And, the rest and of the no day. kidding. Yeah. So when this happens, <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm asking myself, what the crap did I just uh, do? Man. Like, why did I just do that? And um, anyways, I went ahead, finished up the round, stayed with it, finished up the round, and uh, after that, dude. I was so angry at myself for doing that that I, I almost didn't sleep that night. I was shaking, so shaken to his core. No, yeah. he gets nervous around those guns. Well, you know, dude, you mentioned earlier yeah, a lot of people on the know, range. A lot of people are nervous. No, he got it, nervous. It had nothing to do <laughs> with being rattled. He had a, you, know, you know, I hadn't shot this gun much. And, and when I, you talk as much crap as Chad does when things are going well, you got to make a decision when they go to crap <laughs> if you're going to keep talking or not. Yep. <laughs> it's a tough call. You go, well, man, do I just shut up or do I just keep talking? So No, this is what pissed me off, man. And it goes back to training. This is what pissed me off. Right then, I realized, well, you know, I'm pretty proficient with a rifle. You know, I can come out here and shoot this match. But our, it, it just highlighted to me the fact that I have not been training on my rifle as much as I should be. And that pissed me off. Like, it made me mad that I had not trained with that rifle like I should have before I came out and shot that, that match. Well, it's specificity, right? It's going into an ultra when you've been doing CrossFit. Someone's like, hey, you've been training? You're like, yeah, I trained every day. But you ain't done no running. So how's it going to go? Not very well. You've been training a lot of, you know, pistol, right? Yeah. But if you've not been on the rifle, then it's not going to just carry over. Yeah. So... Yeah, man, and and that that is uh when I when I that's how seriously I I value training, like that's how seriously I value it is when I realize that I haven't trained the way I should have been training consistently over time. It makes me so mad at myself that I just I I, I can't think about anything else other than you. This is unfreaking sad. Fix yourself, son. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. That was good. It wasn't unsafe. It wasn't unsafe. Um, he just missed. But uh, good thing you had a tall berm back there. It might have been unsafe <laughs> on a different range. <laughs> yeah. Good thing it was on the right side of there. Huh? Now that now that being said, although I was pissed off at myself, I did. This is another reason why we train is to work work the kinks out of our gear, right? And so immediately after that drill, I took that daggone ambidextrous safety off. I don't know why y'all like these things. I don't know why people like these things, but I will never run one on my rifle again, ever. So, so there. I'm over it now. I'm going to come back and just wreck Edgar on this. Don't worry, we'll do this on YouTube. Yeah, for y'all. no, let's do it on YouTube. Um, uh, we'll see about the wrecking. Yep, I'm gonna come back and wreck him on that. Yeah. Last stage. Now, by this point, last stage comes up. I was so down on myself. I said, well, "I'm gonna stay with it." I'm gonna, so low, a mosquito wouldn't even bite him. I'm gonna go out here and shoot this last stage. But uh. <laughs> 
But, okay, Edgar steps up on the line. This was hilarious. Edgar steps up on the line to shoot the last stage. And he goes and draws his mag out of his, uh, out of his uh, pouch on his belt. And as he brings it up, he drops it. And um, the, the guy that was running the timer looks back at me, and he says, you going to let him get away with that without saying anything? And I said, look, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he cut me some slack on my last snafu. I said, I'm done talking crap. And I walked off. <laughs> I, hey, man, I, I try to keep my junk junk talking to a minimum. Uh, I, in my experience. Uh, well, I don't, Edgar. <laughs> in my experience, the minute I start talking crap, uh, it goes south. Yep. Well, I'm going to yep. talk crap until it that's goes how, south. That's how it is. <laughs> and, and, but 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 it surprised that old yeah. boy that that I didn't yeah, yeah. that I didn't say yeah. nothing about that. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why he was talking about me anyway. He was the one hammering you. I'll stay professional, man. <laughs> I stay professional the whole time. Last round was Liberty Bell. Tra- this was a good drill transitioning targets. Yeah, yeah. Um, once we finally got the steel target to stay on the stand up there. Uh, Edgar's time was 23.84. Chad's time. Good gosh, do I even want to read my time? Good gosh. 29.51. Poopy pants. It's old poopy pants time. I just said I'm going to get through this drill. I just going to get through, through this it, drill try not to screw anything up. At least you didn't shoot a hostage on that one. Yeah. Blake... Good job, Blake. Two five, 25.96. Good job, man. Yeah. You got better throughout the day. As I got worse, you got he, better. He was emboldened by by your... Oh, he was. You made him better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Edgar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Man. Yeah. Start that again. Well, he let, that, he let all that stuff get to him. That's... I mean, I now, see one, why he did it, but yeah. he, I sure was disappointed in the way. He Some let things all that. require reflection and everything, but when you're in the in the game, you got that. That's got to be gone, man. Yep. You can reflect on it later, but he can't do that, man. He let it. He let it get him. Uh, I do that. You know, I shot a fair amount of competition uh, down in uh, Florida. I got. Man, I would get burned up if I didn't if I ran a stage bad. But my problem down there was I was. As a tactical dude, you know, you want to put those rounds on target. Like, you want to be – so, inevitably, that's a little bit slower. And if, if you're running against these USPSA dudes who are happy with a, a C-zone, as long as they're blazing through, mm-hmm. they get, you know, a couple of, couple of C-zones here and there, and their score still comes out better than if you run it clean but slow. Um, Sounds so, like I'd piss you off. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand what game you're playing when it comes mm-hmm. to competition. And, and I, know, you know, I had a problem making that transition. Uh, that being said, competition is one of the best ways to train because you're under time, and you, you still got you still got to hit the target. Like it ain't it ain't a freebie. Um, you get if you're not smart enough to to make the mental leap from when you're doing a, a tactical thing and a competition thing and you need to reevaluate, but most guys ain't in the gunfighting business, <laughs> right? Like yeah. when, when operators shoot tr- competition or SWAT guys go shoot competition, 
you know, they they know the difference in what they're doing. I'll tell you, that is that is a that because I've never shot any competitions yeah. before, that is has been a little bit something that has caused some tension in me because I remember the first competition I shot at at your range was the pistol one. And I remember one of the stages we had to move back and uh, run around some barrels. Yep. Right? So the barrels were essentially there as cover. Yep, yep. And so it was causing so much tension to me when I when I got to those barrels, I wanted to draw my weapon, and then I wanted to then, pan off yeah, the edge yeah, of that yeah, cover. Right, right. But I had to say, well, no, that's going to add like five, yeah. six seconds. Yeah, and I right. just had to break yeah. around that cover, draw my weapon, and shoot. Yeah. But I felt that tension big time, man. Well, I'll make a, a comparison. IDPA, which is International Defensive Pistol Association, uh, they make you run from concealment and they got cover, and they got things like that. And, you know, a lot of people argue that their rules are kind of subjective, and you've got some old dude running you who – but you got to use cover. Uh, guys who use cover tactically shoot slower. <laughs> you, you still got to use the cover, though. But instead of creeping out and, and shooting the target as you see it, they get out there and, and bring it. But um, So that's a little – you know, IDPA is a little more, you know, I guess tactic oriented from concealed carrier perspective. Uh, USPSA is just a race. I mean, it's a, it's just outright race. It's all about footwork, speed, economy of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to put the rounds on target is like a given. You know, yeah, if your A zone looks like this right here, you're, you're still the A zone, right? If you get one, one Charlie, well, whatever. Um, it's all about foot movement and, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and, and having that gun up presented by the time you get to that next position so that you don't get to the position, stop, bring your gun up. You see a lot of people do that, but watch competition shooters do it. That gun stays up here in the, in the line of sight. Okay. Uh, and unless it's a long movement, you know, they still kind of keep, keep the gun up high. And that thing, they're already out here by the time they they get to where they need to be. So as soon as that foot comes off the ground into that shooting box, boom, 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 you know, they're letting it go. So there's a lot of nuance um, to it. So yeah, I follow competition shooters to to pick to pick up that nuance. Um, and I haven't shot matches lately. Um, me and my son in Colorado, we we shot matches together. You know. That was the fun of it for me. Um, but out here in Georgia, you got to drive up to God dang Dalton or, or somewhere to catch the nearest match. Yeah, but, I ain't interested in that myself. Nah, and uh, I don't like doing the organized. Mine are, I, that's why I like to do outlaw matches. They're my rules. They're not USPSA rules. I can emphasize what I, what I think is important. Um, hence the little targets and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I can emphasize accuracy over over speed, but I always add an element of movement and speed and little, maybe even a little fitness in there. Yeah. The OSS challenge, it's going to be a lot of fitness. Yeah. Um, but there's also going to be a little bitty half ipsic targets. Oh, of course there will be. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it. So what I don't want from that is a bunch of CrossFitters to come out and just smoke everybody, and then have easy targets to shoot. Nah. You gotta have to earn it, mm-hmm. uh, and if some unhealthy types come out, 
and, and they happen to be sh- good shooters, you know, they're going to be hurting on the physical part. So it's a good balance um, for that. I love it, man. It's, it challenges the crap out of me. And I think another thing that really challenges me is going uh, – wait, I mentioned it out there at the end, going into these stages cold. Yep. You know, you don't you don't send out yep. information on I, what the stages are. You just got to show up yep. and whatever the crap you have planned, you yep. get a brief. And you may be the first shooter up. You may be the second shooter up, but – Yeah. Well, I some of the, I, I shot first on each one of those stages this time. That's not normal. Normally, I'll shoot the match the day prior. Mm-hmm. I'll have somebody come come out and run it with me who's not going to shoot the match. You know, keep me honest and, and all that. Um, but I'll run it just to vet the the stages. I didn't have time to t- do that, so I figured I'd run it first uh, every every time. That's a real talent too to be able to design competitions like that. Oh, that's you know. one thing Edgar's good at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that takes some a lot of planning and thinking too, and especially to do it where you're you're taking the good parts of different things, you know, and making it yeah. original. That's pretty yeah. it's pretty awesome. Well, I guess the 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 big question here at the end of this conversation, I hope you guys have learned about some important things about why you should train. But the important question is are you going to give me a chance at redemption? But we can do it anytime you say. <laughs> the the title's on the line anytime you want. You, huh? you, you think you're ready? The, the, you uh, think you're ready, Edgar? The, the, the door's open. <laughs> think you're ready. I just beat you like three days ago and hit the losers asking, you think you're ready for this? Like Conor McGregor hey, over there. Hey, I'm putting this out to all your everybody who listens to this. Um, yeah, I, I'm an okay shooter. But the door's always open. If you wanna, you wanna get a piece, come get a piece. <clears throat> yep. I like it. And if I like you wanna it. bring some wazoo stage or something that I, I that I don't know about, you know, bring it. Let me go ahead and tell you, Edgar. Ain't nobody gonna take you up on that. <laughs> somebody. Ain't will. Nobody. Somebody will. Well, I'm go. I, I'll tell you what. I'm coming back for redemption, and I'm bringing my daggone cameraman with me. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at editing, so if yeah. anything goes awry, Edgar, he talks a lot of crap to me. I think I'd make you look good. Yeah. If I can just get you to to do the belly, I'll somehow make that look. But No, we might enhance that and make him look even worse. <laughs> yeah, man. Door's open. Oh, bring man. It, bring it on out. Now, that being said, I got a short range, so... Uh, it's my starter range. I don't fool with that long range crap, anyways. I mean, I'm mainly a ten inch circle at about ten yards kind of guy. <laughs> well, I guess we better wrap this conversation up. It's always fun when we uh, we get get on here and have a chat about things that matter to us and tell stories and talk about things we did we did good and talk talk about things we did bad. That's one thing. Uh, that's one promise that we'll make to you guys that listen to the podcast. We're going to be real with you. And um, we try to uphold that standard at all times. So hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if you don't know Edgar and you haven't followed Edgar, Edgar, where can they find you, brother? Uh, yep, OspreyShootingSolutions.com is my website. I'm very proud of it because I, I do it all myself. And then I got all the socials, you know, uh, well, Instagram and Facebook. 
I run all my ads initially on Facebook, uh, Instagram, but it, it's all the same. It's all there. And all right. I got a link tree also, which has all the links on I it. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's got everything on there. So, uh, OspreyShootingSolutions.com. Uh, we can do it. Y'all get off your daggone butt and go train, son. I'm sick of y'all not training. Don't nobody want to train. Look, get off your butt and go train. Let me just say this final thing. If you're a concealed carrier, it it's a responsible thing to do. Mm. You don't need a class to con- carry concealed. You don't need a permit now in Georgia. You, a responsible human is going to go get trained because you're carrying a killing machine around on your belt. So you need to be the master of that killing machine. Amen to that, brother. Yep. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Enough said.